Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get hyped. Welcome back for the 2023 edition of the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer. I work as a host for this game show, talk show, whatever this game is. Show. Hype show. show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could we could make it around the horn scoring. You know, it could make absolutely no sense. And two of you could go into a final battle where we just go directly into your, you know, into your little squares. If people are watching this on YouTube, we could really we could really pull this thing together. You know, if we had a producer and someone to run things behind the scenes. Yeah, just and a, you're, just an and idea. you're awarding the points in this in this yeah. scenario. Okay, I'm I'm Tony Reale here. <laughs> And that makes you, uh, I don't know, you want to be Woody Page or? I don't think I want to be Who Woody else? Page. Kevin Blackstone, Tim Kalashaw. You guys yeah. get to pick who you're going to be. This is going to be the best, best cosplay ever. Yeah, I always like Tim Kalashaw. Uh, yeah, I'm in on Tim Kalashaw. Brooks is going to be Bob Ryan. He's just going to be angry up in the right hand corner, telling people it was better in the old days. Yeah, talking about the Celtics. <laughs> just get everything back to Red Auerbach. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was that's enough of that. It's it's Husker football season. It is game week. Nebraska plays Thursday at Minnesota. Uh, they open the season once again with a conference team, fourth straight year in a row. They have lost the last three. Uh, they have been on the road for all four. So this has been how life has started for Nebraska. It makes no difference if it's Scott Frost or Matt Rule. You're starting on the road in conference, but this time it's on a Thursday night and Nebraska takes on Minnesota. All right, let's just let's just dive right into it. There's a lot that uh, we're going to cover here today. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. We have Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson, special guest Connor Happer, who you should know because he's pretty much been the special guest for the first game of the season each of the last three years. And so he is here again. So on offense, Connor Happer, I'm going to give you the... I'm going to give you the difficult one. What is it reasonable to expect of Jeff Sims on Thursday? I have a I have a little something for Jeff Sims in uh, in oddly specific predictions. Oh. But um, like I I I think you know as as most are going to say. I like that you gave me the first crack at this, by the way, too, because I think a lot of people think pretty similarly about how this game is going to go. Um, but like you know, it's. It's going to be a situation where there might be a little feeling each other out in the in the first you know half or so, and I, I I don't think Nebraska will probably like I don't I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're going to like try and make a statement right out of the gate and say here's what we're going to you know we're going to take a, 
a deep shot right out of the gate or something like that. Now I think they'll try to establish what they do and, and try and do what they want to do. So for Sims, like it's, it's, um, you know, it's don't turn the ball over like that. That would be pretty much it. Um, they, they probably won't put the ball in the air too many times. I'm really curious to see what they, you know, they get into some third and, and longer situations, eight plus or something like that. Like what, what is the go-to in those, in those deals? But no, I think for Sims, it's, 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 it's game management, which is uh, an interesting position for him. Cause we haven't really seen him do that over his collegiate career so far, but don't turn the ball over. Don't lose the game in the, in the first half. And rules talked about it a lot. Like if they get into a situation where their backs up against the wall in the first half. How are they going to, re- how are they going to sort of respond to that? And if they do make a mistake and if they, ter- if they do turn the ball over, like how do you respond from that right away? It's going to be put to the test because that's how it works in a football game. So I, I think, you know, for, for Sims, it's just try and try and keep everything under control. And it's more about the run game and, and try and getting things established there. Brian Christopherson, a lot has been made this offseason about Nebraska's offensive line, about its running back room. These two things need to work in conjunction. What are you expecting out of the running game on Thursday night? Uh, Matt Rules talked a pretty big game about his running backs. Um, I expect patience. I expect them. Patience from us? No, that's not going to no, happen. No, not from us. Um, well, from some of us. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the general public's going to react. Uh, though. Yeah, I would, I would say the, the GP. There'll be, be some impatience there, but um, I, I think Rule and this staff are going to, um, even if there's a series or two early on where you know Minnesota's flying around, it's three and out. I, I think they're going to keep pounding the ball, and um, the key to me is going to be. It feels like the last few years there's been way too many negative plays in the run game where it's either second and 10 or a second 11, second and nine, if you want to count that toward that too, where I'd like to see that shift at least where we're sitting there at halftime and you're thinking, you know what, even on the runs where it's not like an explosive player, they're not tearing it up with second and seven, it was second and six, you know, and you feel like Nebraska is playing a good down and distance game because I think ultimately um, rule knows how good Minnesota has been on third downs. They're the type of team that excels on both sides of the ball in those situations. So um, Nebraska is going to have to beat Minnesota at their own game. And that's going to mean this is going to be one of those third and three, third and four, who can convert the most type of games. And a big part of that is what you do running the ball in first and second downs, at least getting yourself into that position to be successful there. Brunt's, a lot has been made about Nebraska's wide receiver situation. We don't know the full status of Marcus Washington, uh, Billy Kemp, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, Alex Bullock, and a lot of questions. Uh, what What are you expecting out of the passing game, and how involved do you expect the tight ends? Nate Borkercher, Thomas Fedoni, uh, further down the line. How, how involved do you expect the tight ends to be in the passing game on Thursday? Why didn't you give somebody else that question? <laughs> might be stereotyping. I don't know. Yeah, a little, a little. Uh, the guest no, usually very, gets the most exciting thing, and then very, I go to, uh, to yeah. BC for the running game, and then you, you go back to the well. The yep, yeah. I get it. Um, no, very involved. Um, you know, I think when there was kind of the shift mid-fall camp about how much the freshman wide receivers needed to be ready to go, I think part of that was the fact that Alex Bullock came on I mean, he's had a consistent fall camp, but I, I think they felt very comfortable with putting him in at that point. 
um, Ty Han, part of that group too. But I think, to, you know, to your question, that they are going to do a lot of multiple tight end sets. Uh, Janarian Bonner, they list him as a fullback. He works with the tight ends. He works with the wide receivers. I mean, I, I think he pretty much does everything on offense except for the offensive line drills. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be a factor in that too. So it, it's a concern. I mean, especially, you know, if you're, you know, third and eight or third and nine and you need somebody to get open to make a play, the list of guys at wide receiver who you probably trust to do that is not very long right now. But I, I think you can make up for that with a tight end group that you feel okay about and you can kind of scheme scheme up some other things uh, with Bonner or the fullbacks or, you know, Ramir Johnson is going to be a big factor on third downs as well in the passing game, I think. I mean, they, they've already kind of pointed him out as a guy that's going to have that role. So they'll have options, but, you know, the wide receiver group, as fall camp went along, it felt more and more like we're going to see those freshmen at some point this year, but maybe not, you know, a 12 game season. I mean, you might see somebody for three, four regular season games and a potential bowl game. I mean, I, I think they're going to be patient with them and it, it, you know, people need to understand too. It, it's, it's a pro style offense and wide receiver is actually a, a, one of the more difficult positions to get on the field early uh, in that style of offense. So uh, maybe the light comes on week three for somebody. Um, but I, you know, I think week one, it's, it's okay in week one, given the, the type of game that I think it's going to be with a lot of, a lot of running the ball, a lot of, you know, hand to hand phone booth type blocking. So um, I, I don't think it's a huge concern for this one. We'll uh, we'll move through this kind of quickly. Who is the player that you are most excited to see on offense, Michael Bruns? Um, Jeff Sims, I think. I mean, I I, I think that's an obvious one. I mean, you, you kind of know what he was able to do at Georgia Tech. Um, I'm eager to see what he looks like in a little bit of, of, of a different offense. Um, you know, so I, I a lot is going to depend on him being efficient, like I think Connor said, uh, limiting turnovers. And, you know, he, he has, they believe, an NFL-style arm. Um, he, he's got, you know, the ability with his legs to really make things tough on defenses. So I'm eager to see that in a game and kind of how that plays out. Um, you know, it's been I, – I would not put Casey Thompson in the dual-threat quarterback column, um, but it'll be nice to see a guy that can run around a little bit back there, in my opinion. BT, are you more excited to, uh, to see the running back room or the wide receiver room on Thursday night? Um, I, that, that would be a tie, honestly, but I, I, I guess Gabe Irvin just to see that he would, he would live up to sort of, uh, the off season billing as, as coaches have seen him and what that looks like in a game. Um, but honestly, I know we always go to the skilled guys on this, but Ben Scott and Nuri would be my answer almost as far as just like, you know, 40% of your offensive line that wasn't there a season ago. Um, and are they moving people inside? Does Ben Scott have command on a, um, you know, in a road environment when there's noise and stuff like that? And just how that looks uh, in the middle of that old line, I think is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. BC jumping ahead in the questions. Is oh, my bad. Is, my bad. Was about to get the offensive line related question there. Connor. What offensive he's, line he's are you most be... excited to put eyes on on? <laughs> well, I, I mean, Scott and Newilly, and then there's the guys who, um, you know, haven't That's been amazing, who That's haven't been great amazing. throughout their collegiate careers, like like Ben Hart and and Corcoran. Like, what is what is 
you know, the I think we've seen some of the physical differences a little bit in camp and, and how they're sort of moving around, but you don't know how it all works until, until they play. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, Turner Corcoran, um, and then there's the, the sort of lingering Teddy Prohaska question as well. So um, Nebraska's tackles would, would be a good place to go with that one. I was going to single out another guy. How about, I mean, how about Billy Kemp? Like we've heard, you know, he got the single digit number. Um, can he be like the safety net, you know, of, of this offense along and you pair that along with, with tight ends who I, I wouldn't necessarily call Kemp like the, you know, the playmaking, you know, game breaking type of wide receiver, but, is he the right fit for this offense to be sort of the number one receiver and a guy who's really steady and reliable, like think Jordan Westerkamp on, on third downs and stuff like that. Like that's, that's, that's sort of exciting to me wearing, by the way, the same number, I believe as, as Jordan Westerkamp. So there you go. Look at that. All right. We're going to move over to the defensive side of the ball. I think the more interesting aspect of Nebraska football, and I'm sure there might be some agreements here uh, amongst the panel, and we will uh, we'll start with Brian Christopherson. What uh, what grouping, you know, off or excuse me, defensive line, linebackers, safeties, do you think has the uh, the strongest potential to be the the kind of the backbone of Nebraska's defense this year? Um, it's a secondary uh, for week one. I feel the most confident about the linebackers, but for, for as the backbone of the season, I think it's a secondary. If that safety combination of Singleton and Omar Brown um, takes off and has chemistry. I mean, obviously um, they're through the roof about what um, Singleton can do. And I mean, the last week or two of buzz about him has been uh, uh, pretty phenomenal really I mean I, I don't th- I think some people thought he might have a shot at starting and he's gone from that to a single digit guy to uh you you can tell he's one of rule's favorite guys and just the way he goes about things and I think rule clued everybody into an important storyline this week and going forward early in this season with Omar Brown when he was talking about the secondary and he said how he's been a splash play guy he's he's done some of that it's just about can that consistency come together? And it sounds like he has been, um, you know, doing what he needs to in that regard of late. But that's going to be the big thing if like because you guys know, like if you have that breakdown with your safeties in a game like this, that we saw it against Northwestern in week zero last year, remember? And I think Omar was honestly part of that. It was Omar, yeah. Yeah, whereas there's one play out there and it ends up being a 40-yard uh layup for a touchdown or whatever so I mean that's where those guys have to be really dialed in in their first game like this and it's not an easy opponent to necessarily do that against because I do think Minnesota can lull you to sleep and then really test how much your safeties are paying attention or dialed in at times so that's going to be a big key here Brunt we've seen the three-man front here recently at Nebraska what do you expect it or how do you expect it to look different with, with Tony White's iteration with a lot of the same pieces and guys like Nash Hutmacher, Ty Robinson, we've seen Blaze Gunnarsson before. Uh, there'll be some new ones sprinkled in, but what differences are you expecting to see out of the defensive line? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it even doesn't even necessarily have to be a three-man front. And I, I would be surprised if Nebraska plays a lot of three-man front in this game. I mean, I, I, I think you could see some four-down four linemen maybe five. I mean, that, that, that's the, the beauty of this defense is play to play and, and kind of depending on how you sub and, you know, your ability to sub. And I, I don't get the sense Minnesota is going to play a ton of tempo. So um, you, you'll have the potential to mix and match pieces, but 
I mean, that, that, that ability to kind of take advantage of what you have and, um, you know, get some guys going through there, um, you know, that, that that's the strength of the defense. So I, what I'm eager to see is whether or not they're able to get really deep on a rotation with the defensive line, with that group specifically, because I, you know, there were some names that were missing off that too deep that have, you know, obviously, you know, people kind of clued in on um, in, in terms of who wasn't there. And, and, you know, they, they want to play a lot of guys, they want to line change, but I don't know that they're necessarily at the point to do that right now. And like I've kind of been saying all off season, the, the biggest question from in my mind about the defensive line is not the top guys. It's, you know, five, six, seven, those guys, and whether or not you can rotate them in. Happer, one of the things that Tony White inherited when he took over as defensive coordinator is a veteran linebacker room. Uh, what what do you see um, from guys like Nick Henrich and, and Luke Reimer in this, in this defensive formation? And then, of course, John Bullock, too. It's, he's another guy who had a great spring and, and followed it up with a big fall camp. He's a single-digit player and is expected to rotate in. I, I think Luke Reimer is probably, you know, who, you know, he's had a productive career already when healthy. He He's probably one of the guys who maybe stands the most to gain by, by the defensive sort of shift in philosophy. Like, I, I just think it fits him really well. Um, you know, we, as, as Schaefer and I sort of dubbed him Blur Reimer uh, back when he was, you know, he, he got on the field and it was boom, boom, he just shot at somebody. And I think, you know, he can get back to a little bit more of that. It fits him well. It's read and react and it's and it's go. So I, I think he's probably one of the people who stands the most to gain, um, you know, and then and then Bullock emerging is significant. Now you have all of a sudden you have all those guys with with those two and Henrich in the linebacker room. And then, you know, all the guys that are in the mix at that jack spot that can that can really play, I think, on defense. So um, I, I I am most excited i think to see luke reimer on the defensive side of the ball i I just think it's a it's a perfect setup for him if it's it's a perfect fit and i'm really really high on his stock this year i know he's been a really productive player throughout his career but i think he he only you know stands things to gain based off of what they did in the in the defensive shift over the offseason coming back around happer what defensive player are you you know, what defensive newcomer are you maybe most excited to uh, to put eyes on at this it, point in time? Yeah, there hasn't been um, there hasn't been as much talk as I thought there would have been about a guy like MJ Sherman, you know, coming off the spring um, where, you know, I, I think he he really kind of established himself a, a little bit in that defense. And and now they're quite a kind of hasn't been quite as much talk about him. Where does he fit in? What does he do? I mean, there's a, just a lot of guys in the mix sort of at that spot. So, I mean, I, I expect all, a lot of them to be on the field. I, I mean, we haven't seen, we, we haven't seen a steady diet of Nash Hutmacher yet. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what that sort of looks like for him up front. Um, you know, and, and so, and, you know, and, and Singleton is a guy that we could fit into that category as well. I mean, I was blown away by what Matt rule had to say about Deshaun Singleton that kind of came out of nowhere over the last couple of weeks here. So, there's a few, even though the last two there aren't, aren't necessarily newcomers. And then you'll we'll see we'll see our fair share of uh, I think you know Chief Borders um, and, and guys kind of of that ilk as well. Maybe I, I, it's a it's a crowded secondary, um, but it sounded like Ethan Nation was making like a bit of a a bit of a run there toward the end of fall camp. Maybe he works himself in the back end a little bit too. But I think they you know in a big picture they found. 
you know, I think they were looking to find probably 25 guys that could play on defense. It, it, it sounds like they found about, you know, 20, 22, 23, um, which, you know, I think is, is a pretty good setup for, for what they're trying to do this year. BC, the general public always wants to know about the pass rush. Who is uh, Who do you think can provide that for Nebraska mm-hmm. in this 2023 season? Is there anybody that you think could get off to a hot start on Thursday? Yeah, you hope to see it somewhat from that Jack position, whether it's Sherman um, a chief or Chief Borders. We'll see how much Jamari Butler is. It sounds like he got dinged up a little bit throughout camp, but that's a spot where I think you need some of that production. Um, I'd love to see it come, you know, for a defense that you hear offensive players talk about going against it, and they say it can it can come at you from every angle. You'd love to see the linebackers like Reimer and some of those guys, I think, get more involved in the TFL and sacks game too. Um, and when when Connor was talking about sort of newcomers or guys who you almost think of as newcomers, um, I think of Blaze Gunnerson, sort of like that. I mean, he's he's been around this program a while, but we just haven't seen him in a role like this where it's like he could be a starter and a headline guy. And you'd love to see him um and ty robinson sort of uh get some stuff done behind the line of scrimmage and make some um negative plays for minnesota's offense so i think blaze is a really interesting guy that sometimes he he can get glossed over and he's not the first guy you think of but if a player like that really comes around um it's it's going to do wonders for this defensive line and defense as a whole brunt's we haven't heard a lot about Quentin Newsom until this final weekend. He picked up one of the remaining single-digit numbers. He has had a productive Nebraska career. I think he's put himself in position where he could be an all-Big Ten type player. What What do you think it looks like for Quentin Newsom's last year here with Nebraska? And, and what would an all-Big Ten season mean uh, out of the cornerback spot? Yeah, it'd be huge. I mean, they I know the staff – sees him as a potential NFL guy. Um, you know, he ten- has tended to have somewhat of a quiet time at Nebraska, even though he's played a lot of football. I mean, I, I think you'd kind of be wanting to see more of those bigger splash plays, the picks, the turnovers, the, you know, tackles for loss. He, he's, he's a guy that I think has always been a willing tackler um, in run support, but um, you're, you're kind of waiting for that next step that cam taylor Britt took um later in his career something like that where you know guy goes from just knocking down passes to um you know actually you know making plays and and you know they're gonna want to play a lot of, of close games it's going to be a lot of turnover margin type games and you know having a veteran guy out on the edge i mean we we kind of forget about him almost i feel like but I know there's a lot of confidence over there and what he can be. Uh, it, it's just, you know, we'll see if he can make that next step. Cause he, I think he's a guy that everybody's been kind of waiting for to do that because it's felt like he's been around for so long. Um, but you know, that they're going to need him to be a little bit more uh, flashy, I guess, than maybe what he's been in the past. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into oddly specific predictions We're going to get into picks to click and score predictions as the Husker 24-7 Hypecast Minnesota edition rolls along. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's everyone's favorite time. Oddly specific predictions. This year, I am going to try to actually like write them down, uh, and then we can we can go back over them and actually remember them on uh, future episodes. We will give the guest Connor Happer first crack. Oddly specific prediction. What do you got? Okay, so um, I remember a couple of years ago, I was really close on a couple of them, and they they involved. Uh, things that might happen on the Fox broadcast. So we're going to go back to that well. Um, so Fox is going to – now this is this part of it isn't particularly specific, but Fox is going to debut some something, whether it's a graphic or some sort of segment on the broadcast that is just weird as hell and people will inevitably make fun of and and – they will continue to use the giant touchdown graphics that wipe over the entire screen whenever somebody scores a touchdown. That that feels like the right place to go um, for Fox. Uh, the other, so a couple more. Uh, I, I've had one on Sims. Jeff Sims will throw the football twenty six times. How does that number sound? Twenty six. You like it? That's higher than I would guess. Okay. I, well, I think they they might be. You know, they might be down and pushing for chasing. A little you think right. they're going to be chasing? A little, a little, a little bit, a little bit. So that number is going to creep up there. Twenty-six throws for Jeff Sims, and then I have a drive stat. So Nebraska's longest scoring drive, last, longest drive that ended in a touchdown last year, was twelve plays, fifty-four yards in the Indiana game, and it lasted six minutes and five seconds. Nebraska will have a drive that is longer than six minutes and five seconds in this game. In fact, it will last seven minutes and 49 seconds, and it will be in the third quarter, and Gabe Irvin will plunge in and score to tie the game to finish off that drive, and we'll be at the peak of, of hype as far as, like, man ball drives are concerned. Seven minutes and 49 seconds. Mark it down. And people wonder why you are the leadoff man for the hype cast every season. I mean, just coming in hot, three predictions Three very, uh, very specific yeah. and somewhat odd predictions. Well, the All Fox right. one, I feel like I could have had more on, but you know, like it, it's, it, there's going to be something weird there. Guaranteed. I thought you were going to go if they'll have this weird cartoon of Matt Rule and he'll get pawed by a panther and <laughs> land in Nebraska. And, you know. Let's just do that. Yeah, I like that. I'll sign that, on for that. That could be a thing. All right, Michael Brunts, if this is your, this is your corner to shine. You, uh, by the way. I, if I had prepared you next week, I might have you put together the Michael Brunt's Wuss Bet of the Week, and you can you can give out a, uh, a bet <laughs> that the people can go. We'll see if we can get this sponsored. Okay, uh, I've got two for you. Um, one spe- one very oddly specific, and one not tied to a number. Billy Kemp first game for Nebraska, seven catches, eighty-one yards, no Ooh. touchdowns. 
Uh, second, Nebraska's going to get a little aggressive on special teams, I think. I know Minnesota's punter. He's an Aussie. He's pushing 30. Um, they're going to they're gonna bring the heat, and I think Ed Foley is going to try to get one early in the season. So I don't know if they're going to get one in this game. I'm not willing to predict that, but I think you're going to get a couple where if you're sitting at home, you kind of see that you see the rush getting close to home. They're like, they're at the edge of the driveway, almost to the front door, but they don't quite get it. So they're just going to put enough on film with the punt block that Colorado and Louisiana tech and and Northern Illinois are going to have to be prepared for that. So kind of one of those ooh type punt blocks, but not actually getting there. All right. I like it. The crowd will go, ooh, Michael Brown. Sound effects and all. I like it. DC, I'm sorry. You got to follow that. Yeah, it's tough. With a Minnesota punter who's pushing 30, like shank a punt possibly too because he's thinking about like weekend projects that he has at his home. Yeah, (laughs) he's got to get home on Saturday to clean the gutters out. Yeah. Winter rides that mower up there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. You know how Matt Rule always talks about he puts in front of his coordinators. If it's third and set, he, he uses a specific yard line a lot too. It seems like third and seven on the thirty-four. What are your two plays um, on a third and seven from the thirty-four? Minnesota, Nebraska is going to score one of their touchdowns when Sims hits Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, who shakes shakes a defender. You know, it's like a guy's in position to maybe make the tackle, but he gives him the little dance step, and there he goes down the sideline. That'll get For, a new. Yeah, for a touchdown, um, changing the script from last year when I, he had some nice moves, but there was the fumble that was in question. So that's going to happen. And then um, there's going to – Nebraska's other touchdown, I think they'll have maybe two touchdowns in this game. I think it's going to be low scoring, but there's going to be a third and one plunge um, by Irvin. But Nebraska will go under center and everybody will rush to tweet about how there wasn't a slip or anything on the one yard line and how that's what happens when you don't go out of the shotgun. Um, (laughs) So those will be Nebraska's two touchdowns. Good one. Incorporating the GP in there for for BC. I like it. Shout out Jock Yant. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go with this one. Nebraska's first takeaway of the year will be an interception after Blades Gunnarsson gets his hand on a pass. Then an Ethan Calicomanis pass. I don't know who it was intended for, but he's trying to throw a slant. He gets his hand on it. Ball gets tipped up in the air to an awaiting Luke Reimer who snatches it and runs for approximately seven yards before getting tackled. So first takeaway features Blades Gunnarsson tip ball, Luke Reimer hauling it in, seven-yard return. That is as specific as I can get. Actually, you know what? I'll do you one better. Second quarter. Second quarter, this is when it's going to happen. All right, picks to click. Give me one player you think will play well in Minnesota, Michael Brooks. Well, uh, death taxes and Nate Borkature getting it done. (laughs) Um, So I I think it's going to be, like I said, I think everybody's believing this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I think – I, I'll, I'll jive with BC's two-touchdown game. I think one of them is going to be to Borkature, though. It's going to be down around the down around the, uh, the, the the goal line in the red zone. Nebraska maybe gets stuffed a play or two, but they find Borkature. They don't cover Nate Borkature. How do you not cover Nate Borkature? And uh, he catches a touchdown wide open in the back of the end zone from Jeff Sims. Uh, and setting off a some table pounding in the press box because everybody knows a tight end always clicks. 
<laughs> All right. Brian Christopherson, what do you got? Uh, I'll pick to click Nash Hutmacher. I'll buy on all the offseason growth he's made, and I think he'll have a play or two where it's um, like a third and short type of situation and he blows something up, you know, sort of like where you started to see it from, I always say, Damian Daniels a few years ago. I think we'll start to see that from Nash, and I think he gets it going this week in that regard. Okay. Uh, I am going to go with Billy Kemp. I think Billy Kemp has a, a nice day. Leads a team in receiving, which is going to be well somewhere around like 75 yards. But he has several, several important first down catches to help move drives along. Uh, score predictions: We got to go through this relatively quickly here. I'll uh, I'll get mine out of the way. I like Nebraska 17-14 winning to start the Matt Rule era. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly, and Nebraska is going to be one and zero. Michael Brooks. Uh, I am going to first games are tough. I'm going to give Minnesota the slight edge at home. It's going to be 25 to 22 Minnesota. I think that Nebraska somehow wins the turnover battle. Um, Nebraska coming into this game, I believe 14 and two all time in August nine and two in games on Thursday since world war two. I think they drop this one, unfortunately in a very close game, but Fans feeling good going into Colorado the week after, but I think Minnesota just just nips Nebraska late. BC, what do you got? I think this is a 50-50 game, but the thing with openers is you we always do these predictions about the whole season, you know, in the, in, in the summer and stuff, and you pick what's a win and loss. And I've always kind of had this one as a loss, so I feel like I uh, have to hang with that for now. Um, it's going to be t- 23 to 20 Minnesota is the score I have. Um, but if, if they do what Brunt says and Nebraska actually goes plus and turnover, I actually think they win the game. It's just a question to me if they can do that. All right. Haber, what do you got? Schaefer, great job by you. You're the, you're the one who's going out on the limb. The rest of us are, are sitting around. And so Brunt's had 25, 22 BC had 23, 20, I'm just going to go ahead and split the middle right there. 24-21, Minnesota wins. I, I I had it written down. By the way, didn't get a pick to click, but I had a whole thing about Luke Reimer earlier just setting the stage. That's my pick to click, and I'm going to piggyback. Oh, did I oh. skip you? Did and I I'm skip gonna, you? Yes, you skipped me. Oh, no. Very shamefully. And I'm going to piggyback off of the Mike Schaefer interception, oddly specific prediction, and go right on there with Luke Reimer as well. But Nebraska loses – but there's there's optimism abound at the at the end of a Thursday night heading into your long weekend. All right. Well, the hype cast returns. One of us thinks Nebraska wins. Three think Nebraska falters. We'll see what happens. Everybody check out everything going on at Husker247.com. We'll have plenty of coverage of the game. Be sure to listen to the Connor Happer show that you can catch every day between 10 and 2 on 1620 the zone. Connor, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys. All right, for Connor Happer, for Michael Bruns, for Brian Christopherson, I'm Mike Schaefer. We're Husker 24-7. We'll catch you next week. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.